1983, there was a movie out, uh, a comedy called Trading Places, which starred uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. And at the beginning of the movie are these two very wealthy men, Mortimer and Randolph Duke, and they have a disagreement about, uh, you know, about someone's character and how they live and whether they would be different people if they were different circumstances. So they make a bet, and as a result of that bet, the lives of two people are dramatically changed. So one is Lewis Winthrop. He's the manager of their commodities firm. He is, uh, lives a very luxurious life. And the second man is Billy Ray Valentine. He's a street hustler. So Winthrop is framed for a crime that he didn't commit, and he ends up broke and homeless. Billy Ray Valentine, on the other hand, goes from rags to riches. Hence the title of the movie, Trading Places. Well, Jesus tells a parable today about trading places. Lazarus spends his time on earth, poor, and hungry, and sick. But in the afterlife, he is taken by the angels to the bosom of Abraham, a place of great comfort. Meanwhile, the rich man who dressed well, who dined sumptuously every day, who did nothing to help Lazarus, well, he spends his eternity in torment. And this parable vividly illustrates two texts that appear in Luke's gospel. They appear earlier. One is from the lips of Mary when she visits Elizabeth and she says the Magnificat. She says that, um, that the hungry God has filled with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. And also, too, earlier in Luke's Gospel are the Beatitudes in Luke's version in which Jesus says this. He says, Blessed are you poor, for the kingdom of God is yours, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Now, oftentimes we hear about Jesus teaching about the rich and the poor, and we say, well, I'm middle class, so that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> right? Yes, so I mean, if you want to look at it, of course, there's people who make more money than you, people who make less money than you. Uh, but going to our first reading, when Amos is denouncing the rich of his day who live in luxury, and he, he talks about, you know, they have these lamb dinners, these comfortable couches, these ivory beds. But if you look at a rich person in, in, in that time in Israel, and you compare them to a middle class person now, every one of us here enjoys a standard of living in terms of food, its availability, in terms of health care, in terms of all kinds of conveniences, running water, electricity, uh, easy ways of transport and communication, all kinds of entertainment, we actually enjoy a standard of living that is greater than kings did thousands of years ago. So we shouldn't simply ignore what Jesus says in today's gospel. Now, it wasn't just that the rich man was living this luxurious life, but every day he was passing by Lazarus, who was clearly suffering, who was hungry. It says he would, have, he would have been happy to eat the scraps of his table. The man couldn't be bothered even to bring him leftovers from his dinner. He didn't care at all. He didn't lift a finger to help him. We happen to live in a part of San Diego in which there uh, are not a lot of people in, in dire sort of physical needs, but we do know in other parts of our, of our 
city and country and certainly in parts of the world, we, we do know there are many suffering poor, people who need food, clean water, health care, education, people who need friendships. Those, those are next to us as well, spiritual formation and religious instruction. I think most of us also, too, know that there are many charitable organizations that wisely, effectively, and lovingly respond to those needs. And I think we know that they could do more if they had more resources. When I was in law school, I was in the city of Berkeley. In Berkeley, this is the late 90s, maybe today it is, I don't know. It was kind of like the late 60s, never passed it, never ended there. Kind of hippie, you know, you see a lot of bumper stickers with peace signs, and uh, they declared themselves a nuclear-free zone, even though there was a hugely important nuclear research lab <laughs> in, in Berkeley. Um, there was, and some, a lot of the bumper stickers I didn't particularly care for, but there was uh, one that I actually really liked. And it, it, that bumper sticker read this. It said, live simply that others may simply live. Live simply that others may simply live. And uh, it's not a communist bumper sticker. I think it's actually a very Christian bumper sticker. And see, these are two sides of the same coin. Uh, Dad, if I... Um, if I learn to go with less, obviously I have more that I can, I can share. Live simply that others may simply live. Um, but I also, I want to talk a little more about other benefits to living simply. Okay, so even apart from it, it giving us more that we can share. First of all, by living simply, we become more aware of our dependence on God. The wealthy person has assets in reserve, insurance, a buffer against the uncertainties and sufferings of life. But if you think about a poor person, they don't have those things. So, so what do they tend to do? They tend to, to pray more. They tend to rely on God more. They truly pray for their daily bread. And they are therefore in a circumstance in which many of them learn how to trust more in God. It's funny that, isn't our money saying, uh, to say we, we trust in God or something like that? Or are we trusting in our money? Secondly, having less, we learn to enjoy what is really valuable. And this is something if you think about it, you know. Think about uh, maybe as a, as a child, you know, and, and maybe there's some simple things you enjoyed, and, but then, you know, you see the commercial for the toys, so you want the new toy and the next toy, and you play with it for a little while, and you're bored of it, right? And, and, and this, is, this happens when we, we get big, too. You know, there's the next toy and the next toy, and it doesn't really, it doesn't really satisfy us for long. Um, and there's so many simple pleasures, free things in life. To go, you know, we can, we can hike in the Penasquitos, we take a walk in the Penasquitos Preserve or go to the beach, you know. And I think that, if you think about someone who embraced radical poverty like St. Francis, I, I'm certain he enjoyed a walk through the forest a hundred times more than we enjoy playing with our gadgets. So, in, in a weird sense, you know, we're thinking we're going to have more happiness, but actually we're, we're not really able to buy it. Thirdly, by living simply, 
We do not put our roots down too deeply in this world. St. Paul would speak about how this world is passing, how you have to own things as if you didn't own them. This is the idea of, of detachment. And the idea of it is because this world is indeed passing. Right? As the parable Jesus tells, there's another final reality. This world is preparation for, is a testing ground for. And so by living simply, we are living that reality. We are living more with our minds uh, set on the things of heaven, on the things that are above. The focus of our lives is not getting as much as we can, having as much pleasure as we can right now, but to become the kind of people who can enjoy heaven forever. We have been richly blessed by God in so many ways. And the gospel today challenges us to become poorer for the sake of others, and so to become the kind of people who find their delight in the presence of the Lord forever.